Good morning. Welcome to Calvary. Whether you are joining us in our chapel, out at our Minnetonka campus, or online, it is great to be with you worshiping at Calvary. We're gearing up towards the fall, our program kickoff time. We're so excited about all of the different things that God is planning and preparing us for. Uh, Youth programming and Calvary Kids are going to be in full swing. We have new missions and outreach opportunities. And something that I'm particularly excited about is our Wednesday night community nights. This is a special focus on discipleship and spiritual formation that I am thrilled about. Now, all of these initiatives and programs are designed to fulfill the mission we have here at Calvary, which is to invite people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And if you have a gift that you want to invest into the mission here at Calvary, you can give in a couple of different ways. First, you could drop that off in the wooden boxes as you leave the service today, or you can go online to calvary.org slash give. Now, truly the most impactful way that you can give, uh, both to us at Calvary, Uh, collectively, but also for you spiritually with your relationship with God, is to commit to monthly giving. Now, when we do that, uh, we can, as a church, uh, commit and understand that, hey, this is what we're getting on a monthly basis, and therefore we can invest even more into our programs and community initiatives, but it also is impactful for you spiritually. When we commit to monthly giving, we're saying once and for all uh, that, hey, this is what we're wanting to allocate to God's kingdom to the local church, and it's not a decision that we need to make every month or every week. Uh, And when you do, your relationship with God will be enriched. So thanks in advance uh, for the gifts that you all are committing to give for the expansion of God's kingdom. Now, we're in this series this month called Staycation. We're focusing on the idea that living missionally doesn't need to involve travel. As Christians, we're called to love God by loving others right where we live. Having a missional mindset means that we are available to God's call in the context of our everyday lives. So whether you are at a kid's school activity, maybe it's right in your neighborhood, with a local organization or here at Calvary, God wants to use us. You know, Jesus demonstrates what it looks like to live like this. Last week, Josh, our worship director, pointed out how Jesus was always available to God's call, even when his plans were interrupted. He saw them as an opportunity to to do what God was calling him to do. Jesus' heart was open, always open to the needs of the people around him, and his life was to live on mission to fulfill his Father's will. The scripture that we're going to be focusing on today is a great example of this. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, Have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. 
So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, which means teacher, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Now, what I want us to notice in this story is the contrast between how the crowd responded and how Jesus responded to the need of Bartimaeus. The crowd dismissed him. They overlooked his need. In fact, they even belittled and silenced his cry for help. Jesus, on the other hand, he saw his need. He stopped. He welcomed him, and he healed him. Now, in the Jewish world at this time, many people saw disease, sickness, disability, or even things like poverty as a consequence of sin. And because of that, they, saw, they, they felt like it was very easy to ignore or even mistreat people who were in those circumstances. We see this mindset played out in another instance in the ministry of Jesus where he and the disciples come across a different blind man. The Gospel of John chapter 9 says this, As he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Again, this, this was common. It was normal to see people in poverty or with physical disabilities, not, not as people with dignity and therefore worth helping, but as people suffering a just fate, people to be avoided. And this helps explain the crowd's response to Bartimaeus. And why time and time again throughout the scripture, we see groups of people like the sick and the lame, people in poverty or people from other nations being marginalized and even being mistreated. Ever since God's call to Abraham, Israel was supposed to be a blessing to the nations, to be a, a, a place of peace and healing for those like the widow or the orphan. But as we read through the story of the Bible, God's people are often shown to be hard-hearted towards those that God wants them to care for. They've lost sight of their calling to live missionally, and they failed to be a blessing to those around them. And again, in stark contrast to this is Jesus' own posture and attitude. He fulfills Israel's calling by having a missional mindset. And it moves him to care for people that everyone else typically avoided. In the story of the blind man in John 9, Jesus says this in response to his disciples. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So where the disciples saw a consequence of sin and therefore an excuse to remain distant, Jesus saw an opportunity to live missionally, to do what God was calling him to do. 
Where the disciples showed judgment, Jesus showed compassion. And that is what I think really enables Jesus to live with a missional identity. Judgment leads to inaction, but compassion leads to action. And I want to explore this idea a little bit because compassion is different than both sympathy and empathy. One of my cousins, a licensed professional counselor, puts it this way. Sympathy is feeling bad for someone. It's basically just pity. Empathy is feeling bad with someone, where you really enter in to someone else's experience. Compassion is even a step beyond that. Compassion is empathy in action. It not only enters into the experience of another person, but does something about it. And here's the bottom line. Compassion is the key to a missional lifestyle. Jesus lived every day with the mission to do what God was calling him to do. His goal, wherever he went, no matter what was going on, was to do his Father's work. And as followers of Jesus, that's how we are called to live as well. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, unfortunately, we are often like the crowds or like the disciples. We're too quick to blame someone's life circumstances on their poor choices. Our judgments about people keep us distant and excuse inaction. Ultimately, it's our lack of compassion that is the greatest hurdle to living an everyday missional life like Jesus calls us to live. And so we need to grow in compassion if we are going to fulfill God's call. If we're going to be the people that God calls us to be, we need to learn to have the same compassion that Jesus does. And I think he reveals to us how we can do that how we can grow in compassion. And that's what we're going to look at for the rest of our morning. So how can we be more compassionate like Jesus? Well, first, we need to know God's heart. Throughout the Old Testament, we see these instances when God sends prophets to critique his people, to critique Israel and call them to fulfill their purpose in being a blessing to the nations. Because the the failings of Israel often relate to their inability to align themselves with God's heart. They take advantage of the poor. They ignore the needs of the immigrants. They fail to take care of the vulnerable people in their society. You know, Jesus, functioning as a prophet himself, accuses the Jewish leaders in his day, of the same failure. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23, verse 23, says this. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Or as Jesus says earlier in Matthew, quoting from the prophet Isaiah, they honor me with their lips, 
but their hearts are far from me. God's people weren't caring for those that God cared about. They didn't share God's heart for the vulnerable of society. And in contrast to this, we see that Jesus is aligned with the Father's heart. He knows God's heart. When Jesus begins his ministry, he again quotes from the prophet Isaiah. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, knowing God's heart equipped Jesus with the ability to live every day on mission for him. He cared about who the Father cared about. And so he was already at a place in his heart, his posture, his attitude to respond to someone like blind Bartimaeus, where others might ignore him or assume he's just getting his fair lot in life. Jesus cares because he knows that the Father cares. And he goes out of his way to do something about it. Jesus' compassion enables him to fulfill God's call to be a blessing. And the same is true with us. The closer we get to God's heart, the more that we understand and share his values and priorities, the more we will actively care for the people that he cares about. Unfortunately, like the crowds in Mark 10 or the disciples in John 9, we have misaligned hearts with God when it comes to caring for certain groups of people. Could be someone from another race, a cultural background, religion, political ideology, even something as simple as a different age group. But there are certain people that God cares about that we don't. And we have a lot of different reasons to do so. Sometimes we think it's because people are getting what they deserve. Other times it's just too inconvenient or too uncomfortable to care. Jesus, I believe, is inviting us to to pause and reflect on whether or not our biases and our judgments are distancing ourselves from the very people God wants us to care for. In order to generate compassion that moves us to live missionally, we need to know God's heart. And there are a few basic ways that I want to suggest that we can do that. First of all, prayer. We see Jesus demonstrate an incredible dependence on the Father in prayer. And prayer is far more than asking God for things or filling the silence with talking. Fundamentally, prayer is about being in God's presence. It's about being with God. It's about making ourselves available and open to know God's nature and his character. It's about listening and being still, meditating on the word, sharing with God what's going on in our own lives, our own thoughts, our own emotions. And as we pray, as we spend time with God, we get to know what he's like. And we become more like him. We get to know his heart. 
You know, one of the classes we're offering this fall on Wednesday nights is focused on prayer. And I want to encourage those of you who want to cultivate a deeper prayer life to sign up for this class. Now, it's not intimidating. You're not going to get put on the spot. But your prayer life will be enriched. And you'll be equipped with the tools and the practices that will help you draw near to the Father's heart. Another way that we can know God's heart is through Christian community. We are strengthened, we're changed, we're challenged, we're encouraged by other people. It's essential that we do life in community with other people that are pursuing Jesus. That's what we're hoping to facilitate in our small group ministry. We want to create the kind of community where you can pray for each other. We can be vulnerable, ask questions, and seek after God's heart with one another. Finally, the Bible tells us that if we really want to know what God is like, we should look at Jesus. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says this, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Jesus is God in human flesh. He's knowable, tangible. We don't need to wonder what God is like or how God might treat people, what his posture might be towards those who are sick, suffering, or marginalized. We know because God came in the flesh and made his heart known. Jesus lived his life every day ready and willing to respond to God's call. He knew God's heart. He already knew how he should respond to Bartimaeus. Unlike the disciples, unlike the crowds, he had compassion. And if we're going to live missionally, we need to know the Father's heart as well. And once we do, we can take the second step in cultivating the compassion of Jesus, which is to draw near. I grew up in a couple of small towns in Minnesota. Most of my childhood was spent in Taylor's Falls. Then we moved. I did three years of high school out in Cocado before I went to Moorhead, Minnesota for college. Now, it's probably no surprise, but these communities are not very diverse. I didn't experience a lot of racial or cultural diversity. And because of that, I didn't really care all that much about the difficult experiences that people of color often face. Challenges that I've never had just because of the pigmentation of my skin. Now, my lack of care didn't have to do with me being a racist, although I know that I certainly have biases, but it's simply a result of distance. I wasn't close to anyone from another race or culture. And so when I heard of racial disparities or entered into conversations about racial realities, I just didn't have a vested interest. That is until I met my wife, who is biracial. And as I grew closer to her and her family, I started to care more. I began to pay closer attention. I was a better listener. My compassion directly correlated with my proximity to people. And, I mean, this is experientially true in in many cases. A kid doesn't care about taxes until they have to pay for taxes, right? A young person doesn't worry very much about their diet until their metabolism slows down later in life. And it's true with people too, with our relationships with others. 
those who are working really hard to bring awareness to difficult realities like autism, racism, cancer, you know, you name it, are those who are personally impacted. When you or someone you love is impacted by these things, you care more and do something about it. It's just how it works. Compassion grows when we draw near. And we see Jesus intentionally doing this all of the time. Because he knows the Father's heart, Jesus knows who God cares about. And even though everyone else might distance themselves, Jesus draws near. I think one of the greatest examples of this is when Jesus encounters those with leprosy. In the ancient world, not only did many think that those suffering this condition were getting a just judgment, but it was also a contagious disease. Those with leprosy had to live away from towns. And whenever they approached other people or were near towns, they had to announce their sick state. They had to yell, unclean, unclean. We read about that in the Old Testament book of Leviticus. But people avoided them. They kept their distance. They were untouchable. In Matthew chapter 8, Jesus encounters someone with leprosy. And this is what he does. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Now, Jesus letting this man come near him, let alone reaching out and touching him, was unprecedented. Yet Jesus drew near to the undesirable, the neglected, the marginalized people of his society regularly. He, he welcomed children who were considered second-class citizens. He dined with tax collectors who were seen as extortionists and even traitors to Israel. He went out of his way to be with sinners of all kinds. He interacted with Gentiles and Samaritans, foreigners that were looked down on by the rest of Jewish society. It's because Jesus recognized He understood God's heart. And he knew that someone like Bartimaeus was someone that God cared for. And so he drew near to him. Compassion is correlated with proximity. The closer we are to someone, the more we care. So if we are going to grow in compassion like Jesus, we need to draw near to those that God cares about. Now, this often involves a greater commitment of our time, sacrificing our comfort. It often involves inconveniencing ourselves. It takes humility, patience, and intentionality. It's hard to go against the crowd, to care for people that are otherwise really easy to ignore. But that's what we're called to do. So it's these two practices, knowing God's heart, and drawing near to people that God cares about, that, it, that God cares about, that cultivates real compassion. 
And again, as I said before, compassion is the key to a missional lifestyle. That's the kind of people we want to be here at Calvary, to be like Jesus, to love God and love people right where we are. So I want to ask all of us, myself included, just to reflect. Where, where are you at? What is your next step? Do you need to get to know God's heart? Do you need to grow in prayer to learn from Jesus about God's character? Do you need to grow in Christian community? Don't wait. Get plugged in today. Or maybe you need to just draw near to people that God cares about, to get involved. The opportunities, again, are endless. But we want to be, we are called to be the kind of people that live missionally, where we're ready to respond to God's call. We want to be compassionate like Jesus, caring for the people that God cares about, loving with both our words and our actions. I want to close this morning with this passage from Matthew. Jesus is talking to his disciples about the kingdom of God, and this is what he tells them. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or need clothes and clothe you? When did, you? when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Let's pray. Father, you have called us to a missional lifestyle of being open and ready to respond to your call and your direction no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing. And we want to be your representatives. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And God, we know that the key to that is compassion. We ask that you reveal more and more of your heart to us, that we can understand who you care about so that we can care about them too. God, we pray that you give us the courage and the passion to draw near to those people. Even when it goes against the crowd, God, we, we ask that you help us to truly love and to have compassion that leads to action. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.